0: Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up everybody? Here's a face you haven't seen in a while. We got the dynamic duo back. I know it's been a while, but you got the movie time crew here, uh Renee Loki Geek and of course my buddy Blake the Wolf. Wolf. What's going on, dude?
1: Renee, it's been too long. I'm so excited to see you again.
0: I know. Yeah. I mean, we ha- you, the reason why you haven't really seen us together is because, one, we decided to take vacations very close to each other. Um, and then, you know, of course, scheduling and trying to get back to, you know, the whole, you know, daily routine and all that kind of stuff like that usually takes some time. But I am so happy that we're finally back together. It, this is not going to be... A particular episode where we're gonna like really talk about one movie in general we're just gonna like catch up a little bit on stuff but the one movie in particular we did really want to talk about that we wanted to talk about even before was men so watch us mansplain men for all of you that's a joke we're not really being serious about it because I know you really need two guys to talk about a movie men right um but yeah, we just want to basically catch up and talk about some things that we may have watched uh blake watched a movie that i haven't had a chance to see yet and i'm really dying to hear his thoughts about it so uh thank you for tuning in uh if you are new and just stumbling across this video hello uh really glad to have you on board uh hit that like button subscribe all the usual youtube stuff if you want to keep up with us um if you are an audio listener check out uh we have the channel low Key geek on your podcast platform of choice you can find this episode and a whole bunch of others there and when you do so if it does prompt you to leave a rating why don't you just like juice it up a little bit and leave us like a perfect rating and, and say something like we're awesome because that would be great we would be greatly appreciated um and uh we will i don't know give you a dollar um Just leave us your address in the comment. And we'll send you a dollar. No no no
1: one leave us your address. Because our fans are wild. And I don't trust anyone with anyone's home address. No. Um, But yeah, definitely just the ratings for sure. We won't tell
0: anyone. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, But dude, um, so basically, I was in Cali for like a week and a half you were in a whole other country how, how was paris dude
1: uh i wasn't i wasn't in paris i was in hawaii tackling people in oh. karaoke bar and um That's to get my ezra you. miller on yeah yeah oh. a we, some, everyone says we look alike um no uh i now disavow myself from the ezra miller fan club after recent things uh, until more information comes to light i was in paris france uh having a great time um there was a lot of cool moments there was a lot of cool like tourism stuff and then there was Mm -hmm. a few special movie moments um which i I got to i was texting you during my trip but uh one is it's my second night in town i go to a random bar at 2 a.m there's a movie producer who's there he's like been working on a documentary he lives in new york and paris and I'm telling him he, uh, he's like, well, what brought you to Paris? I was like, Jean-Luc Godard, my favorite nice. film director. I was like, yes. he he's yeah. the one who recommended Paris to me. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Then you got you got to go to the Champs de lycée uh, where they filmed the scene from it. And I go, breathless. I was there yesterday, first day in town. Recreated one of my favorite scenes, walking down the street, recording it on my phone. going, New York Herald Tribune, New York <laughs> Herald Tribune just like jane seaberg and <laughs> her first film role in that movie um there was a lot of cool stuff um along those lines that mm-hmm. if you're not a movie person you're like why would you go to paris and do that like just stand in the place where that film scene was shot but really? i love that i i gotta go to like john Godard's birthplace like see where he was born oh, and man. like um there was a cemetery where uh, Agnes Varda and Jacques Demy, two great legendary film uh, French film directors, were are buried, and got to go pay pay my respects there. It was cool. Um, I did other like I did, went to like the Louvre and like got food and stuff. Sure, sure but yeah. there's a lot of cool things like that. Um, I had a great time. I missed you. Uh, you were out there doing. You were being a you were being a Top Gun Maverick, and I was being a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there but go. As they say what's what's good for the goose is good for the gander so i'm glad we got to go have our little vacays and, and come back here fully charged up ready to talk about two super fucked up movies uh how was, sure. how was how was cali bro
0: i mean cali was great um like i was telling uh like i was telling you before uh i used to frequent la quite often especially when i used to work in the video game industry so i'm somewhat familiar um with uh how to get around uh Hollywood Boulevard is definitely sad these days I mean it's run down like a lot of shops have been closed down the the sidewalks themselves where you get to see the stars like the Walk of Fame like a lot of it is cracked and, and everything it's 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 not exactly how I remember it before for sure wow. um, so that was a little disappointing. Um, but, you know, I was mainly there for Star Wars Celebration, you know, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, I, I got to see some people on stage, you know, like Ewan McGregor and, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the people that you see like on the show, Mandalorian and everything like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, the managing of the convention has, is a little, you know, to be desired, but, uh, I I'll, I'll, won't go into all those details just now. Uh, but then, you know, after that. You know, spent some time at Disney, you know, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, But the the main highlight, especially like, you know, movie related and everything, is definitely the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. Um, I was with two friends who has never done it. I've done it once before. uh, And it was a totally different experience than the first time I, I went. You know, if you are a huge movie fan and you love to see like the inner workings of movie production, especially like back lots and where sets are designed and they shoot things. Warner Brothers is probably the best studio tour you could ever take because you, you have everything. You have if you're a Harry Potter fan, they got a lot of stuff from that. If you're a DC movie fan, you got all the Batmobiles in one place, all the costumes, everything, like everything you could go nuts for. If you're a f- fan of Friends, the Popper TV show, you have the original couch in front of the fountain, you know, and you have uh they did a recreation of the coffee shop, you know, Central Park, and all that stuff like that. So a lot of great photo opportunities. You get to learn a lot about movie making and, and TV production and all that. Um, it, it I was basically in that area and the whole tour probably for like four hours. And it was like a, like a really, really truly fun experience. So I highly recommend that. So, so yeah, I got a little tan, you know, came back and now we're back to this crappy hellhole that we love to call New York city. Uh. (laughs) Is,
1: is there a more apt metaphor for Hollywood now than like a museum-y all the Batmobiles outside and then right nearby the cracked Hollywood walk of fame? That's, that's so tragic, dude. I, yeah. I'm so glad we got into talking about movies right at the end of cinema as we know it. What perfect timing. And I mean, we get in some ways weirder movies like the ones we're talking about today.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, like one of the, the more depressing things that I can explain is the Dolby Theater where they film the, you know, where the Oscars are held. It's literally yeah. like once you step out, that's where you see the dude that's hawking his rap CD, and then the guy that's like uh, dressed up as a very really poorly Batman and Joker or whatever the case is. It, it's like all within that same area, and it, it's wow. it's it's night and day. It's it's really really yeah. a, a huge uh it's an interesting thing to see the dynamic of hollywood and how what we see on tv is the glitz and glamour or when they do presentations or red carpets how they really doll it up but then once they're all said and done now it's back to like the the gritty cracked sidewalks and and all that stuff so it it, it's really mind-blowing
1: sounds like when you have the olympics in um, a a country like brazil or buffalo new york or whatever the hell where they've got like the oh here's look at this beautiful beautiful place and they just like turn the right wait what's over there don't look at that don't look at that Um, right exactly but then there's also the thing like hollywood back in the heyday like there was there's all those movies the black Dahlia type of stuff and there's like the seedy underbelly and the Mm -hmm. corrupt police and then like there that has been romanticized but i'm guessing at the time there was a fair bit of the like no look it's all glitz and glamour it's beautiful (laughs) tinsel town everybody and then meanwhile there's just like real shit happening okay um i'm glad you got the full hollywood experience (laughs) (laughs) it was definitely good to be
0: back it was definitely good to be back and you know like i said like there are still places that are amazing to go visit and definitely had a good time it it's just it it and i'm sure it has a lot to do with you know what you know with the pandemic and everything like that you know a lot of places just look barren and it's just a little sad um, but you know, it's still a great time and good to be around where all the movie magic happens, you know, so, uh, really, really cool stuff. So before we dive into like the two particular movies that we wanted to talk about, I have to ask you, cause before we went on our vacations and whatever the case is, I was able to see Top Gun Maverick and I already shared my thoughts on the channel. Did you see Top Gun Maverick?
1: I always said from day one, this is going to be such a great sequel. <laughs> I always said, everyone knows. You could ask anybody. I always said it to be the best, best movie of all time. And I was totally right. I saw it. I had a really nice time. There are some people who left and, and like I, I have friends or like I'm listening to podcasts and like best sequel of all time. And I'm going, absolutely not. Like it was really, really good. I was. expectations were very fucking low yeah and then people started talking about it they rate and it met pretty solid expectations Mm -hmm. uh everything i said before at the beginning was a lie i was like dude this is going to be bad the expectations are too high like so much about movies is the expectation game you go into it and if you're expecting it to be super amazing you're much more likely to be disappointed vice versa like you watch the trailer and you think it's going to be more actiony, and then it turns out to have too much conversation. But if you had not known that, you maybe loved it and been like that was the perfect movie. But so much movies an expectation game. I yeah. didn't think Top Gun would be able to to rise to the level, uh, and uh, they did. They won that uh, that whatever chicken fight, whatever it's called. The it was dog it was night. really dogfight. Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> they 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 nailed the landing. It was really impressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 and, and again, I shared a lot of my thoughts on the channel. So if you do want to check out and if you want to check out Blake's real true feelings about the movie before it came out, you, you, you'll see a snippet in the beginning of that video. But uh, but I love to joke about it because, you know, again, it, you are very true. You're very right. It could be it could have been a, a giant disaster. Right. You just never know these days. But um, something that we were talking about offline is like they they figured out the formula you know they figure out the form of that it it's a movie that came out like 35 years ago you know a newer generation probably has never seen it or maybe saw it within the last year or so or whatever the case is right so they just found a way to almost match the tone and beat that the first movie had improve on a lot of things that we joked about and that we thought were corny and campy and whatever the case is they added more story to everything so that you really got more involved with the characters and all that they brought back enough of the legacy characters that you were just like hey i know this guy oh yeah this guy is cool and everything and then they just like really put out an an amazing movie that you know what people say like it's the best sequel ever it's true i don't agree with that but it's probably one of the better sequels ever made from a legacy movie, especially from a long time ago. You know, that's so Um, rare,
1: even in the first place to even for that to exist. Uh, There's, there's some stat out there about like, that's the longest we've gone on a movie with whatever, like that, that is so rare. Uh, And they, they nailed it. It was really good. I, I, you and I can deep dive about it off air, but there, it was, it was really fun. It was, it was a, Really entertaining Hollywood movie. I, as you know, like I'm more the dude who's into the art housey stuff, and so yeah. I, I remember. I'm there's a few times I'm laughing, and I was going like Are they are they trying to lean into the camp, the corniness of like that the original was really good at, or are they being sincere right now? But there's a few moments in particular where I was like, oh, This is they're they they know exactly what they're doing, and oh, they yeah. just turned the schlock up to ten and the mock up to ten and absolutely uh entertained the hell out of everybody in the audience that it was fun there was a few i don't know if this will come through yeah uh, and i may have made a few of those sounds myself in the oh theater. yeah uh, like oh, a yeah. few a few totally solid fist pumps like just oh thumbs up to the to the screen hell yeah
0: yeah no for sure like i saw the movie twice once you know, before I left uh, to Cali, and actually, the second time I saw it in Cali, um, it was like my last day there, and I went to one of my theaters I, I frequent when I whenever I want to watch a movie when I'm there, and it was like an afternoon showing, and it was like 95% capacity, uh, IMAX screening, and... Wow you know these are it's like I looked at the people and it was like you had older people younger people you know it looked like families were there together and yeah when when the action scenes were playing out and people like you know our heroes made it and all that you know people were cheering people were clapping people were like like hooting and hollering as they would say um and both times when the movie finally ended uh standing ovation which was like like I never seen that in a movie like especially in a very so long rare time so yeah i did
1: the full tom cruise i jumped up on the couch and just like started <laughs> like i did the full nice review nice. yes yes nice. i was i but i know for real i was just like yeah that was awesome and yeah I, and i flew home i didn't even take the subway i literally just flew
0: 20 minutes go.
1: uh yeah
0: Mach 10 yes, baby that was cool yeah oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't no, that's awesome too that's do right yeah that again uh, a nice philosophy on life right so um no i'm glad you glad you saw it. glad you liked it so hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode so far but before we continue i wanted to quickly talk about bulletproof coffee bulletproof coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with why because it's clean coffee what does that mean well one there are no chemicals in it why because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you it is the pure beans the pure coffee the goodness that you've been wanting the taste the flavor and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, It also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach makes me a little burpy and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up uh, which is something that i need from my coffee every day bulletproof also offers a lot of keto friendly snacks and supplements anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs add to your diet and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh every day so uh, for a limited time if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now key geek or all caps one word you can get 15% off your order so what what is it better than that right check out the link in the description of this episode use this code get yourself your discount and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with bulletproof coffee now back to the episode let's talk about so this particular movie is something that we talked about in a previous episode that we were kind of curious about, you know, especially since it's uh, the director's Alex Garland, who I I, want to say probably put A24 on the map for a lot of people, sure. right? When X Machina came out, I think a lot of people were not expecting what kind of movie that was going to be, and it ended up becoming like a cult classic at this point, right? So, and he's done other things. You know, he did the show Devs on Hulu or Fox, whatever. You know, I, I forget which um, uh, network it's on, but you know, definitely, definitely interesting premise and plot there. Um, he did a movie called uh, Was it Annihilation? Um, yeah, Natalie Portman yeah, vehicle, right? Yeah, which I know a lot of people either really loved or a lot of people just really hated, right? You know, so it's definitely one of those things. But I loved—I always love his take on social issues and how he kind of intertwines and interweaves it into his plots and story. Um, but he's also a great um, filmmaker when it comes to. Uh, framing of scenes, landscapes, cinematography—you know, like the the and tone. Like tone is like, yeah. huge, and yeah, you know when Men came out and we saw the trailer, immediately I was just like, I need to see this movie. Um, because one, it's him, I do like him, and plus Jesse Buckley, right? I, I was really, really floored by her performance. And um, I forget the movie she did on Netflix. Um, what was the name of that?
1: Uh, last year, the one directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That, the one you're talking about, yeah. The, the name is skipping me now. We talked about it right. so much during all. Of I know awesome we did, stuff. and then the, like the, my, lost, um, the lost
0: daughter. There Marta it is. Yeah, the, yeah, right, yeah. And I thought she was like the shining star in that entire movie. So of course, I was looking forward to seeing something where she's kind of more the forefront lead here, right? Um, so finally came out. I saw it, and everything I just explained about directing, framing, tone, and all that you get all of that for sure. And you definitely do get uh, kind of undertone messaging about some social issues, especially, obviously, the title is called Men, right? And it's like kind of a thriller, horror movie about men, right? Tormenting this one particular lady. But it's the journey of seeing her getting tortured or tormented. um, The kind of, puts a little spin on it like i was not really truly expecting it to be the way it turned out to be um and and we're going to be spoiling stuff so i mean it's it's been out for a while so just just a heads up at this point we're just going to free freely talk about the movie um so if you don't want to hear spoilers then we suggest that you pause and maybe revisit after you decide to watch the movie or if you really don't care or you've had it in your mind that you really are not that interested in this movie maybe this could be an interesting discussion for you to listen to so that maybe it could change your mind or maybe like pique your interest a little bit right but um just seeing her journey and the way that he portrayed the story about the the experience that she had to go through in life dealing probably with certain particular types of men Right and how that's come back to haunt her at a moment where she's trying to get over uh, the suicide death of her husband, who they were on the they were pretty much getting a divorce, um, and all the toxic masculinity, all the you know the the guilt shaming and uh, you know the all that stuff that's being it, it was so. And I know a lot of people are are very torn about this movie. Some people said that it was a bit heavy-handed. Some people were like, well, you know, they kind of missed the point. They could have done more and all that. But for me particularly, I thought it they did enough that made me get a little upset as I was watching the movie, you know, because I've seen this type of behavior from people before, from guys, right? Yeah. And yeah. having it, like, thrown on the screen, like, in front of you in these, like, really disturbing ways was just, like... You know, it really put me in that spot where I was just like, my God, you know, this is terrible, right? Um, Plus, I I have to say, Rory Kinnear, like, wow. Like, I did not realize that he played the same... He was all the characters in, in, in the movie. Like, he was just all the different types of men that she encountered, with the exception of, of course, her husband. Like, it was just really the only time I started to pick it up was when I, you were introduced to the, the younger boy and you could tell like the face was kind of altered a little bit I was like oh wait a minute this is the same dude you know and I was just like whoa what an interesting take like for me that was like a huge twist because watching the trailers you couldn't really tell that but then watching it play out in front of you like wow that was really fascinating right you know and i I know i'm just kind of like blabbering and and just going off but you know the movie itself i mean let let's keep the last 30 minutes towards the end here because that's where shit really goes nuts um but what were your thoughts and feelings of watching the movie as it was playing out in front of you like before the ending like uh,
1: Yeah, so here's the thing is I'm total chicken shit. And when it comes to anything (laughs) that's horror-y, then I read the plot beforehand. That's a go-to move for me. I did the same thing with Get Out, which is another issues-based horror movie. And when it's part of the conversation and a director that I love, I'll go see it. There are a small amount of directors all go see whatever they make and if they go further into horror I'll follow them there um a good example is Luca Guadagnino when he went from Call Me By Your Name to Suspiria and I was like I guess I'm gonna go see Suspiria even though I didn't want to and was miserable most of the time so it actually helps me a lot because I read the plot and it does two things it contextualizes it as this is a movie and it's not something I get sucked into and and I get to know the weird things before they're coming. So it turns out, um, what's the? Uh, this isn't a spoiler. It's the like the guy breaking the bird's neck may have been a little more twisted right. and like stomach turning for me. But I knew that was coming. So I see the bird. I go, okay, here's what's about to happen. So my expectations for how bad, how wild, how how nauseating it would be were were higher going into it than it turned out to be, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot because it turned out it was a pretty messed up movie. Yeah. Um, I went with a buddy and he did not handle it nearly as well. He's going through a breakup currently and there's like, there's some drama in his life and like the movie did not hit at the right time. And he was like unwell. And I've had that in movies where I leave nauseous nightmare alley was the last time I remember that where I leave the theater. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to eat for a minute. I have a hard time sleeping. So because I'm sensitive to movies, which is part of the reason I love them so much, they, they affect me. They have a strong effect. I went into it uh, fully eyes open on how messed up it could be on the grotesquerie of visuals of what's on screen and of the horrible crimes that people are committing against the main character. Mm -hmm. Um, During the, so I, it wasn't that bad or nauseating. If I hadn't done that, it, it definitely would have been. I know myself. And when you're seeing, there's a few things that are on the screen that, would make it like, there's, you know, put down the popcorn, I don't wanna have any, I don't wanna know that I have a body right now. This is disgusting. There's some of that, and there's also the psychological thriller aspect where you don't, there's someone appearing in a field staring at her and they're doing proper horror movie things. And then she thinks he's gone, then he turns out he's just like right there, that that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. There's two different things. One is like a body grotesquery thing, um it's we we'll do the like the end in later but for now yeah. like moderate spoilers the husband kills himself he jumps onto a spike and you're literally seeing his body yeah. kind of ripped open um at some point in the movie you're seeing a a bad guy have the exact same thing happen to him right it it helps when i can say oh that was an artistic decision that has meaning and adds value to the movie overall. There's some movies where it's just grotesque for grotesque sake and that I have less tolerance for. this one, it actually brings me out of it. I go, oh, there's a director. Uh, They're making decisions. They're artful decisions. They're crafting something for a reason. And then I'm able to say, this is a metaphor. This is not actually happening. Now, the part about the movie that is in some ways more stomach churning is that these things do happen Although yeah. not necessarily in this exact same way. It's like other uh, horror movies that are taking on issues. They're getting at, this actually does happen. And we're just going to increase the like, either the, the violence or like the, the magical elements of it to enough of a level to where it's it's a movie. And, but it's a metaphor. And in reality, what's happening underneath is is happening to people every yeah. single day. Uh, it was very impressive on that front to me yeah um i'm happy I'm happy to get more into it um on, on that level specifically uh, in your how are you with horror movies and how was it on those fronts so like the thriller psychological aspect, the body grotesquery and then like the mm-hmm. political like these are th- this is mirroring real life a little too much like how how are you when it comes to movies that are intense in that way and how do you feel like this one did on those?
0: Uh yeah, so when it so when it comes to horror movies, uh, particularly, I, I think we we there's a there's been a shift in the horror movie genre that we've seen happening within the last I don't know several decades. Right, I grew up in the '80s where you know the horror movies were a lot of campy stuff, you know, zombies, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, all that stuff like that. I mean, of course, you had the exorcist and everything that was like really really scary shit, um that gave me nightmares and all that stuff like that then i feel like as we moved forward and as we grew older the shift in horror movies became more of like the torture porn the you know the saws and all that stuff and and that's when i stopped watching horror movies because i'm just like i don't want to watch an hour and a half of people being decapitated and all that kind of stuff torture devices and everything like that but for that time it worked right because those were like the only things that were coming out horror movie wise um and then as we are in this current generation Filmmakers are becoming a little bit more suave and a little bit more um, smart, and using the horror genre to kind of uh, mirror real life scenarios, real life situations, especially when it comes to like social issues and all that stuff like that. So if it's done right, then I don't mind it at all. Like I, I can watch, and and I think A24 has a great history right now of putting out thrilling horror-type movies that I can stomach because there's actually other stuff happening that's part of the storyline, right? So the horror-type aspect is being used as an effect to emphasize a certain point or emphasize the feeling a character's going through or whatever the case is. And adding a little bit of the supernatural in there as well, right? Um, so I, I, I find myself enjoying these type of movies now more so than I ever did before. Um, when it comes to the interweaving the of... The underlying messaging and you know having it relate to real life situations or social me- or social awareness. Um, again, if it's done right, then I I'm all in. If it's a little bit too heavy handed, like let's say for example, Candyman, like the the new Candyman came out that came out. I thought that was a little bit too much in your face. Like you know this is happening. This is part of the race issue. Um, all that kind of stuff like that. And I thought it was a little bit like. See, see, this is really happening. See, this is what we're talking about. See, this is, a, you know, and all that stuff, you know. So I think, I th- for me, I thought that was a little bit t- too heavy-handed. Well, I know some people really enjoyed it. I thought this one, that one was, like, not for me. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it kind of, like, all right, I get it, I get it. After, like, the fifth time you reminded me, I got it. You know, I get what you're trying to say. Here, I think it, they did a really good job, or he did a really good job at... Kind of like hinting at things and and then expanding on it based off of all of her different interactions with the different types of people that she met in this like small little English town, it's supposed to be serene and it's supposed to be you know like a nice getaway for her to like clear her head, but you knew something was going to happen the minute she ate the apple from the tree, right? And I felt like oh yeah. here we go. This is opening the, the Pandora's box, kind of using like a biblical term and all that stuff, and things were going to start happening. More so was when she started to kind of um, talk to and seek comfort by the local priest, who sounds like he was there to listen to her, but then the minute he puts his hand on her, on her leg and kind of tries to flip it on her, like, well, Did you feel like you did enough to kind of, you know, improve on this situation? And I was like, oh, no. I was like, are you kidding me? And again, the whole gaslighting, the whole all that stuff like this is stuff that's really happening today. Right. And to see her go through that journey of constantly getting reminded like, this is happening, you know, the cop that's not listening to her, that doesn't believe any story that she says, but yet she has somewhat of the support from the female cop, right? Like, we're trying our best, you know, this and that. But the guy was just like, ah, if he comes back, we'll address it, you know, I don't think there's anyone there, you know, like, like it's, it's You're getting end. a little
1: worked up. Yeah. Right. Why don't you just like, relax?
0: Yeah, why don't Let you go back home, take a on. bath or whatever? Yeah, it's like it's just like oh my goodness, it's like what more can this poor lady go through, right? Um, and I think the the, the acting by uh, Kinnear really really helped like hammer that home because you never knew what to expect. Like, is he going to be a good guy or you know? And then he makes that turn. Like, wait a minute, you know? Like, okay, he's he's implementing all of these like you know the things that we see that are often complained about today and that women actually really go through and like I said I've seen happen in front of me and all that um, so I I think for all of that, that's one of the reasons why i actually really like this movie quite a bit um i know it's gotten bad ratings and bad criticism and and for numerous reasons um but i think for at least those parts of that we just talked about i thought he did a really good job in um kind of outlining all of those things and putting it in a way that we are experiencing it through the journey in the eyes of this one particular character
1: yeah, no. Um, that's that's one thing that was so well done about it. and It was artfully yeah. done. You have the one character and then you have the one actor playing all of the other men. Mm-hmm. She's secluded in the small town and then I've heard different people talk about her, Alex Garland's career. So many in, uh, Annihilation devs in Ex Machina and in this one. You have this interesting relationship of where gender is at play every time and you're looking at um, a female lead or an ex, like it, all of them, are, it's a little bit different, but there's still this, this issue at play where there's powerful men, uh, women who are subject to their whims or trying to, um, to, to survive. And the, the, uh, the directors had interesting interviews, especially after this movie, talking about mm-hmm. his fascination with that. Um, all of that aside, I think there's also something else happening in this movie where you have, look, look, we, there's the gender aspect and there's, we, everyone who's ever listened to a woman and believed her has, has heard stories that are exactly the same or way too similar to this movie. Yeah, uh, The movie was very good at that, uh, at taking those and artfully delivering them. So, right, it wasn't just hitting you over the head with, hey, this happens. Uh, it was done with just enough of a twist and, oh, right, this is a horror movie. Every now and then you're thinking, okay, this character is going to give a reprieve. Nobody, the police, the uh, the vicar, uh, nobody at, at any point was able to give reprieve other than her friend at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, something else worth mentioning while we're talking about Alex Garland's, uh, his oeuvre sorry i've been i've been in paris I don't know. His, <laughs> uh, his repertoire uh mm. is the i'm not sure if i'm saying her name right but sonoya mizuno uh i didn't mm-hmm. realize this until we were preparing this episode that she played the police operator in this yep. movie so it was the only like the, what the fourth character out of out of all of them because there's the friend too so mm-hmm. she's been in some of his uh, i that the way she played the main character in devs absolutely amazing yep. if you haven't seen devs fully recommend it ex machina is an all-time favorite of mine i literally just rewatched it like not even thinking about this episode just a few days ago just like oh i'm gonna put on ex machina safe bet. yeah love that movie to death um uh so i'm getting sidetracked there's two things there's one is how this stacks up with uh in alex Gar- garland's repertoire and then there's also if we so i i'm not trying to take away from the gender aspect at all but there's sure. also another thing where this is a human being who goes through a traumatic horrible experience with their Mm -hmm. spouse and then is trying to grieve and recover and how the mind responds to that trauma. And there's, I've heard an interpretation of the movie where the events that are happening, aren't literally happening the way that if everything is literal, because especially Mm -hmm. we'll get to the ending in, in, in in a few minutes, but, it's pretty hard to think that everything that happened on the screen is literally happening unless you're buying fully into horror movie. Like there, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, watch it. That last scene, I've never seen anything like it in a movie ever. So basically there's, there's a version where how the brain responds to horrible trauma and events in someone's personal life. And we become, uh, I don't I I don't want to get too into like the, the brain processes of it but the way that it can distort reality and our perception of things and we can be the the world becomes more horrific when you have been exposed to to great trauma that there is the literal interpretation which is very real in people's lives and then there's also that one where if the movie isn't a literal thing it is still uh, a way to describe what happens to people when they go through horrible things and right. the amount of times i've heard heard from someone where their partner or spouse is doing what the the husband did in this one i'll kill myself if you leave me that thing mm-hmm. and then she he uh was it he calls her blood whatever like he goes through with it and that, all, that very rarely happens. Most of the time people are just saying that and it's more of a cry for help or something like that. But he actually does it. And there's this fallout. And one thing this movie does really well is when someone is violenced uh, in that way because uh, he does uh, the one trigger warning in the movie is there's a moment of domestic abuse from him to her. There's a suicide moment shortly after. I don't know, remember where it happens in the plot but in the, in the actual chronology of their lives. Shortly after he's jumping out of a window, kills himself, and then she's horrified, literally, by those events, and then tries to go find peace away from it all, and things does she isn't able to find that. Right. Um, If I I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that. I the the thing that the last thing I'll say is you mentioned the scores two point nine on Letterboxd, which to me is low. I gave this one four and a half. And it happens sometimes where I'll go to a movie and I'll be like, oh, I hated everything I saw on the screen, but they did a good job of delivering that. I honestly thought it was super well done. Um, If someone only wants the more sci-fi of Scarlet, Dev's Ex Machina Annihilation is when it starts to get more, uh, less realistic and Mm -hmm. tech-based. More what, supernatural, you could say. Right. Um, If they only like that, and they don't want to go in for the horror movie or the thing where it, what is happening on screen is not a thing that exists on our planet, right? right. I, I could see someone being like that. It's not for them. This movie definitely isn't for everyone. I think it's my least favorite of, of Alex Garland's things, but that's not saying a lot. Because yeah. as mentioned, those other ones, like Devs is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. I that was appointment viewing when it came out for me. X Machina is an all time favorite movie. Annihilation, I loved it, and it's but to me, Annihilation and this one are, are kind of uh, a mm-hmm. solid three and four. Um, wh- how did you how did you feel about it? Um, or Alex Garland? Because obviously we talked about the acting was phenomenal. Jessie oh. Buckley, I haven't seen her. Uh, with once on anything and I'm really glad she got a movie where she just got to own the screen the whole time unbelievable job this is a different one for Alex Garland though Um, what did you think uh, because you said you've seen you've seen Ex Machina is that of those ones Okay,
0: yeah Ex Machina was definitely like like I said probably the first A24 movie I've ever seen and I remember going into it intrigued because of you know the sci-fi element of it um, but then watching, like Alex Garland has, and like any other director, has a certain style to it where um, there's an intriguing uh, storyline, but then the way it plays out and the little twist that you're not expecting. Um, he has a good way of like really melding those things together while setting an amazing tone as you're watching it and, um, include incorporating a soundtrack or in this case, no sound, you know, like there are lots of moments where it's like dead quiet and you just hear like little like blips here or like, you know, footsteps here. And it's really, that's where the thriller and horror aspect really comes into play and all that. But this one is definitely more of a movie that plays a lot on a more supernatural vibe and not so much on the sci fi stuff. Um, I love Ex Machina. I I love that the whole story. I love the, and in every movie that he does, the performances are fantastic. You know, that's where we got to see Oscar Isaac for the first time. Um, And wow, really put him on the map after that, right? Um, yeah. And then, of course, Annihilation. I mean, Natalie Portman, you know, and all that stuff. Devs is just, you know, I think that's the first time uh, we got to see... Um, is it Swanson? I, I forget the, 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 guy, the guy's uh, name. Oh, uh, Nick Offerman? Offerman, sorry. Swanson, yeah, Barson, right? yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the first time we got to see him in a really, really more serious role, right? And I thought he just nailed it, you know? I thought it was just, like, fantastic. So Jesse yeah. Buckley here is just, like the emotion that she puts on screen, the, the torment, you know, the confusion, you know, the, the conflict, like every sort of emotion was like perfectly portrayed. Um, and she did a brilliant, brilliant job in this movie. Um, but I agree. this is probably not my most favorite uh, Alex Garland movie. But out of everything that he's done, he's never really done a terrible thing. He's never done anything bad. Yeah. So when you're dealing with like a, a group of stuff that's really good, and this happens to be just the lesser good, you know, I mean, yeah. that's not that's nothing wrong there at all, right? Um, but uh, and and like I said, this had deals a little bit more on the supernatural side of things. I mean, I'm sure you can see tons of videos out there describing about how this can relate to mythological stuff and biblical stuff and, you know, especially stuff involving the church and some of the the imagery that was portrayed on on screen, you know, like the 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 stone with the two faces, or and, and the you know the kind of the imagery behind all that. Um, there's a lot. Of the The guy at the end, and uh, this will be like a perfect time to go into the ending. You know, the the tree guy, as I like to call him, as you know, he's like you know the nature guy that's like sprouting trees and all over the cases. You know, there's one particular character that she's being tortured by, you know, and there's this random guy that looks homeless and that's like kind of like uh, haunting her the whole time. And in the last 30 minutes of this movie, it takes place in the house that she's staying in. And basically that's like her hell. That's like her cell. Right. And she is just getting tormented left and right by this creature. And it's not it, it appears like every character that she has encountered is now Torching her in this one supposedly solitude area that she's supposed to be, and in, invading her space, telling her what to do, um, you know, pointing things out that she's done wrong, you know, in, infringing on her on her personal space. So it's like all the manifestations of all the different type of men behavior is is coming t- towards her, and in you know, kind of like all conglomerating into this one weird creature that. And it still starts giving birth to like literally on screen giving birth to all the iterations of nightmare situations that she has to deal with. Right. So and, and I'm curious to hear what your interpretation is of, about the whole thing. But and this is like the gory part of the movie, like the most like body horror ish kind of torture stuff that you'll you'll see where literally for the last 10 minutes you know this thing is approaching her and kind of just like lingering towards her as it's rebirthing itself into a different manifestation of a guy that has that's done something to her or that's like portrayed a behavior to her that's like and it's just like you know this and this and it's just like it it doesn't end either it's just constantly just going on and on and yeah. on and and she g- gets to the point where she can't do anything. She doesn't know what to do anymore. And then the last manifestation ends up being her, her husband who committed suicide. And they, they sit on the couch as she's pretty much giving in at this point. Just like, I don't know what else to do. And the whole thing about him saying that all he ever wanted to do was be loved. And her face at the end of all that was just like, like... Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, and then fast forward with like the little post credit scene that they have, you know, where the friend finally shows up who and the friend portrays the complete opposite character of what she is. Right. Where Jesse Buckley's character is a little bit more of like the kind of uh, laid back, the dominant, the dominant. Uh, submissive, I guess, right, type of character, while the friend is the more like, well, fuck that shit, I'm going to beat his ass, and I'm going to, you know, you know, all the kind of stuff like that. She shows up, and she sees the aftermath as, you know, leading us to believe that this really did happen. And she just sees Jesse's character sitting on the steps, kind of like with a little smile on her face, right? And and then yeah. that's when the, everything pretty much ends. So... It's like one of those things where i literally did not know what to think after all that um but it was just mind-blowing that whole process of going through that entire the last 30 minutes of everything transpiring so like what were your takes while all that was happening and i'm sure this was like probably the more uncomfortable moment for you given that you're not into this stuff right
1: i so it it otherwise would be but it was so unreal the yeah. one where there's a person whose arm is being sliced with a knife is to me more mm-hmm. nauseating because that's like, okay, that, that could happen. This one yeah. was so bizarre. And I've, I also, not only do I like art house movies, I like going to the museum uh, and especially contemporary art. And then usually when everyone around me are like, at least my friends, people with normal tastes are like, that was fucking weird. What the hell was that? I'm like, yeah, that was cool. They showed me something new. I've never seen that with my eyeballs before. Bring me more. Um, and I've seen some weird shit at, at like, art galleries uh, mm-hmm. doing that. Um, this was one of those where my jaw is fully open. Yep. I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat going, like, no. He's doing this. He's really committed to the bit. The director... Mm-hmm. This is... Because Annihilation did a fair bit of... It's kind of body horror-y, and it's like... Things are growing out of people type stuff. So it was it was where... The 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 tree character in theory like could relate to annihilation in, in a roundabout way. My poor buddy is sitting there like doing this, and this dude likes <laughs> horror movies, and he's sitting there like, I can't even. Uh, and he's like, you can tell he's literally uncomfortable. Uh, I was fully all in on that moment. I like it when they commit to the metaphor, and they're yeah. not just trying to do something that's literal that's where it becomes highly conceptual and now i'm engaged and it's not real enough for me to be properly perturbed by it as like oh this might be something i see on the way home so i fucking loved it um i don't have a i've done this before where i just start talking out loud and i'm like oh actually that's a pretty good theory i don't have solid (laughs) thoughts on it but to my where my head goes is we can look at it as like generational maybe, maybe not necessarily generational trauma but like when things get passed down from one person to another, because it actually goes in age order where the tree right. man who I thought of as Adam, because there was the apple right. metaphor mm-hmm. with Jesse Buckley's character. I thought of him was either like the first man or the state of ma- a man in the state of nature or something like that. There, I'm sure there's all types of interpretations for who he actually is or what he represents. But he goes, if I, off memory it goes him, the vicar, the actually, the, Uh, it goes from like the the older versions of men in through time to the current one. And then the current one is the dude who is her landlord, if I recall. Yep. And that is where I, it's catching us up because what some people might say is like, oh, the past used to be very horrible and the way that men treated women back then was disgusting and women were treated like property. But it's basically showing there's a through line and we don't, we can't say that the current state of, things and we could get through get, talk about this with race in other movies sure. in general and we can talk about it with gender with this movie in particular you can't say that the past doesn't affect our current state right. and so if that's what's been happening for thousands of years and then people with their current context look around and go I don't see anything as bad as what happened in the 1700s like that's not that's, that's a little too simplistic and that person has their blinders on because there's moments where the landlord character is not as horrific as some of the right. other characters. He's just dopey. on the surface, <laughs> yeah. And he's he's like a modern man with like a little a dopey, you know, middle aged man outfit. Little oh, I got a sense of humor, blah blah blah. But he's not a he's not solving the problem that's right. been laid out before that's haunting Jesse Buckley. And he's literally like, oh no no no, honey, I believe you. And he's like. Down, down, like the things you see in offices every day um, yeah. of the way that men treat women and people being patronized and belittled, um, not believing her. And at some point, he starts to take the threat seriously, and it's a little bit too late uh, to do anything about it. But he's trying to blame it on a bird, and like, no, you must be imagining things, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it, it that was I liked how they did that, where they connect the dots of it, yes, all men essentially. Um, and another one. So, so there's the 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 timeline of history, and there's the birthing it, where it's as if one thing begets another thing, and it's, it's this cycle. I like the line, and it's because I don't necessarily know what she's what she means when, uh, or what he means when he, What was it? It was the I just wanted you to love. Thing, I just I, like I just that. wanted to be loved.
0: Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I just
1: wanted to be loved. The amount of things in history that can be chalked up to there was a face that launched a thousand ships, which is really romantic and sweet until you think of a guy saying, Oh, I really like this girl. I wanted to impress her. And now people are going to have to go die on that behalf. The amount of things that have happened in history where something fucked up happens and someone violences someone else or is doing grotesque things in order Mm to receive love. Like, uh, men who are listening, like, please like take their therapy seriously. Like, please focus on your mental health. Um, that when they're trying to like tell the, the lady, like, no, you're, you're worked up. You're making this a really big deal. Like, no, this is a really big deal. Um, the conversations I've been a part of or whatever, the, where there's just, uh, somebody wants to be impressive and that there is something, uh, Harold Bloom writes about it in the anxiety, anxiety, of influence where men in particular have this like hardcore need for validation for leaving a legacy for being impressive there's a way if we want to get uh a a little more philosophical about it um and 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 try to gender it uh, maybe a little too much but men wanting to impress women trying to find the ideal mate and uh just that the amount of pressure and force to like either I need to receive my mother's love or I need to be impressive. And Mm -hmm. like the amount of incels who probably are leaving bad reviews for this movie, just a hunch, um, (laughs) who are, who are have that exact same pressure that's like turning them into in some cases, actual terrorists. It's fucking, Mm -hmm. it's horrible. Um, I think of that line as summarizing that problem where, I just want to be loved and so i'm going to do some horrible things because i like it doesn't come naturally or i think i have to use force or strength or domination in order to to receive love and when i don't get it i'll try to like manipulate the situation uh and say if you don't if you divorce me then i'll kill myself and then in some ways just like where history is beginning all of those birthed traumas and violent men um in some ways his act of violence even though it's kind of against himself, it terrorizes and traumatizes Jesse Buckley. And what happens after that is in reaction to to that that moment.
0: Yeah. So so do you think the friend showing up, seeing Jesse's character on the steps with almost like a relief, like a smile on her face? Do you think that's just what it is? Where it's like it's 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 her kind of just not giving in but just thinking like okay that's it that's the end right or do you think there's something more to that
1: so I—that's another one that's open to interpretation, right? Yeah. Like We could write it like any film student could write a paper on that smile alone, mm-hmm. and we could go to the coffee shop afterward if sure. if you want to. If you're into that thing, <laughs> see this with a buddy. I had a great right. convo with my—or yeah, we or do it on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I had a great convo with my buddy on the walk out of there, on exactly these kind of questions. What mm-hmm. did that bizarre a man birthing another man birthing another man yeah. mean? And what did that smile mean? take on it is she saw how pathetic these men really were in their nature. That they had been haunting her and terrorizing her and yet they were literally like as pathetic as a newborn covered in fluid and blood and these like like a disgusting animal or Mm -hmm. you have something that is in your mind built up to be a really big horrible thing and then you see it and like (laughs) uh i don't know i'm not going to tell anybody's story but like i've i've heard stories where the dude does the thing he says like these are real stories i've heard from people i've talked to uh the ex-boyfriend says i'm gonna kill myself if you don't get back with me and then they the next like 10 minutes later they're weeping their eyes out saying like no i just wanted you to love me i'm so sorry i fucked up i never should have said that i've just been acting crazy why don't you love me like that's that is in a way how the movie dissolves and so i don't know like there are actual horrible things that happen yeah i think what jesse buckley's character did was she saw how horrible it can be and in a sort of fatalistic way of like wow this that's that's all you guys got and she won yeah. and is still surviving and her survival skills like that's another thing from a movie like this is you're like the amount of bullshit that women in general have gone through yeah and survived and it like what what, what, are, what are your other options at the end of the day other than just be like what the fuck was that yeah. um, otherwise it could literally like torment you and terrorize you and never sleep again it's, shit can be so horrific uh, that's yeah. how I interpreted this smile she saw how powerless or like she saw them for what they actually were which was really pathetic attempts at mm-hmm. um, like controlling her or gaining power or love and it it didn't work she won
0: she won yeah she came out on top she survived and like you said so how pathetic all of that was and then if if there was ever like a, a extended version where we got to see her life five years from now or whatever like that maybe she's becoming more like her friend Right. We're like not, not no longer dealing with the bullshit and being a little bit more upfront about all that stuff, like that. Where, cause I felt like that was a good dynamic to kind of portray is just the two different types of women who may handle the same situation differently. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, but at the end of the day, too, regardless of how you interpret it that ending does kind of like make you uneasy in a way too you know like everything that you just saw her go through those last 30 minutes and then just seeing her just like almost like that's why i want to say like it's, it's as if she just gave up and just be like all right what else you got you know what else you got all right that's it that's all you wanted out of all this all right you know like you're an idiot um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and again, we, we have seen those type of, yeah, the situation, like you said, like you've seen, like, that's like something happened to someone, you know, like I've seen the same thing, you know, and it's yeah. just, it, it, we've all encountered something like this or some stuff similar to this, that it, it's, it's. It's kind of interesting to see it portrayed in this really artistic way on uh, in film, um, and that's why I. And it sounds like you enjoyed this movie. You said you gave it a four point five. I, I probably would have given it like a four myself. Um, not that far off from you. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. So I, I again. I don't know how much of you have seen this movie. Not a lot of people saw this movie. I mean, it obviously didn't do that well in the box office. It's it's not the type of movie you would expect to do well in the box office. Um, but it could have legs once it's available more um, easily on streaming or what have you. So definitely want to know your thoughts, Um uh, is this something that you're interested to check out now, now that you've kind of heard our take on it? Uh, or are you still just like, nah, it's not a movie for me. You know, Definitely just want to hear your thoughts and opinions on, on all of this stuff. And if you have seen any of Garland's previous movies, you know, like Ex Machina, Annihilation, if you watch Devs, we definitely want to hear your thoughts on all that, because I know there is a good fan base for all of this stuff. Um, and it's definitely one of those talking movies where, you know, again, another brilliant thing about A24 is that they produce movies that lead to conversations for months and months yeah. and months, right? And this you can definitely add this to that library of prime A24 type of movies that are maybe end up being must watch in their catalog and we're or or whatever french term you want to <laughs> use mr frenchy there um but as we're we're coming close to the end of this episode there was one other thing I, we did want to just touch base really quickly on because uh i blake i know you watched uh david cronenberg's latest movie um i've been wanting to watch this but i haven't had a chance to yet so uh i guess give us your quick take on how you felt about that movie
1: yeah, uh, I mean, first off, uh, I, I just shot it in the chat, but I've got a, a, a decent minute. I've got to go see Jurassic Park, but we pushed the show a little later, so I have time <laughs> to talk about crime in the future. Yeah. Um, For that, though, if you're a Mininist incel and you're really bothered by anything we said, I want you to spend as much time in the comment section as possible. Be sure to use all caps and be sure to just, like, call us horrific names. I prefer Cuck um i but you can say whatever you want it's really fun when you do that but just like don't go to the gun range like just spend time in the comment section instead i please it's so it's that's where you you should be definitely let us know your thoughts on all of our uh very good opinions um uh for the movie i saw a few days ago crimes of the future was a david Cronenberg film and i'm not going to go super into the plot partially because um i uh, it's newer, and I don't know if I could possibly explain it if I tried. <laughs> uh, if you want a plot summary, definitely go read a plot summary somewhere. I'm instead going to do more of a, an, a broad strokes. Do I recommend it? W- what did I mm-hmm. think uh, more generally? the It's got a 3.4 on Letterboxd, which this is like a, a beloved director. That's a little low. I put it at 4 for me. Uh, I definitely didn't like it as much as Men. If you're trying to make the decision between the two, personally, I would go with with Men. Um, but it's also not necessarily... This is, for, for whatever reason, this is this uh, season of horrible body horror movies for me. And I'm just like, just, okay, I'll deal with it. Because um, I haven't seen a, a, a lot of David Cronenberg films. I'll say that mm-hmm. is This isn't necessarily someone who I've had in my wheelhouse. Um, I went and saw it. Uh, I knew that that we wanted to talk about it, and the the trailer, the cast all made it look very fantastic. Yeah uh, Vigo Mortensen, Leah Sedue, uh, and Kristen Stewart are the three biggest names for the movie. Mm-hmm. They did an absolutely awesome job. The plot, um, <laughs> the, the broad strokes are it's set at some point in the future people's bodies are developing new organs some people are using that for performance art which is like the most popular art in the future to where even some normie person was like oh my god everyone wants to be a performance artist Nico mortensen whose character plays a performance artist he was uh like this he was a celebrity in that world uh there was some humor there uh and a lot of really weird, bizarre, grotesque things that I never thought I would see. There's a man with a bunch of ears on him who's doing a dance, and it's some. The message is something about talk less, listen more. Um, and someone in, in response, is like uh, that, was kind of corny. Those ears weren't even functional ears. What you do, Vigo said is so much more interesting. And there's some some. Basically, they're tattooing, his body will grow a new organ, they're tattooing it, they'll remove it in front of people, and it'll be kind of part of an overall statement. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting about, and there's it is addressing issues in a roundabout way, not as directly as men, but in the future, the planet is much worse, and humans are... Are no longer looking like humans as we know them today, and they're not sure—is it in response to pollution or climate change or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, there are characters who are eating synthetics and who can process synthetics with their bodies, and so when we're talking about body horror type stuff, this is a, almost as bad as it's going to be. Like Taitain last year was a, a, about as bad as it could be. This was essentially at that level. Mm-hmm. You're seeing some. You're showing surgeries on the screen in front of a crowd of people who are applauding. Um, you're seeing a young boy eating plastic and like his drool is really gross. Um, you're seeing at some point, it's in the first few minutes. Uh, it's not really a spoiler at all. A mom suffocating her, that boy who then his body has a part of the plot later. It's going to be part of an art piece. Um in case someone has seen it and just like like they don't have anyone to talk to about it. Fortunately, it's another one of those movies. Like it was about a 30 minutes home and person I saw it with, we just like had deep talk on what the fuck was that? What was that about? <laughs> is that what is that a metaphor for? I I viewed it as essentially um, the two angles. One is just the climate change angle that our planet were, were since the industrial revolution, like we're doing things to our bodies and to the planet and we don't know the consequences for those things and we're and there's more synthetics like between our food, what we intake technology, etc so there's uh, there's, the movie isn't really saying anything too directly about it but there's definitely a way to interpret it to where the way the plot shakes out it's making a commentary on it the other main thing I saw when looking at it was just like our humans a- uh, alienation from the human experience uh, where things are so different in the future and people are so alienated from their planet, their own bodies, the people around them, uh, which is something we've seen increase in society that in the future, it's so bizarre and ridiculous that the bodies stop. Feeling pain. They said that essentially pain is now a thing of the past. And someone goes through surgery with no sedatives at all. There are people who it's like a thing people do at parties is they're cutting themselves with like you're imagine like someone pulls up their ankle and a thing, knife thing going into it and it's just like digging in there. And they're like, they yeah, have this like, ooh, kind of thing going on because like they can feel something this movie is so fucked up and so bizarre yes i definitely read the plot beforehand because i didn't and i had at least enough knowledge going like this is what i'm going to be looking at something that i've realized and i really practiced it with these two movies we talked about today is i try to imagine there being a director and a script and someone with like a camera and notes and like because if you i can be overly affected by movies and if you become part of that reality like what you were looking at is so disgusting but if you saw Mm. it The train on a train platform you might jump onto the tracks like it is so disgusting Mm -hmm. um basically uh it's vague enough that i don't think that there's a very obvious statement on what the movie is about there's in case someone's seen it and they they want to like talk about the ending at all um, this this is where we're closer to spoiler territory. Which, like, I, I don't know if it's even possible to spoil this movie. Um, there's there's all, like there's a whole other subplot happening of uh, there's detectives who are trying to. Sh- uh, you have to register your new organs. The government's trying to track how the bodies are changing over time and seeing like <clears throat> uh, like what are we doing? What's causing this? Uh, how do we need like the government staying on top of it. People are doing underground art and per- or performance art parties of things that you're not supposed to be allowed to do. Um, there are people who are creating synthetics that you can eat and they're trying to like essentially embrace this as if it's an evolution of the human body as opposed to a grotesque uh, dev- devolution or like it's not necessarily a perversion of the human body. The idea that it's where the human body Humans should be going, and that's another thing that the government's trying to shut down. um it's Such a weird fucking movie. So it's hard to even like. Say so, i mean, hearing what I'm saying. I'm like, how the hell did I even want to sit through that? um I overall, it was really well done. It was um, like it was a great. David Cronenberg did a great job delivering this super fucked up, bizarre movie. If this hasn't turned you off, I'm guessing you're the kind of person who would enjoy it. It was well done. It was a it was a mm-hmm. solid movie. Just a little hard to look at at times. Um, there are... There's a whole other subplot, which I actually think it would it would have been a better movie without. There's a company that creates the surgical devices, and there's a bed that Vigo Mortensen sleeps in. It kind of looks like a skeleton, organic, fleshy thing, and it helps him with... Because he does have pain in relation to the organs he's developing. Um, the two people who work for that company are committing crimes and like taking people out and trying to like big fans of of Viggo mortensen's two government workers who are working for the registry of organs become fans and like they stop doing their government job and actually become part of the performance art world as fans like that was where kristen stewart's character came in i'm loving where k stews at nowadays in in her career they took the Kristen Stewart, weird, anxious thing and turned it up a notch and it was funny and well done. That was a cool character to see. Everyone else is doing basically exactly what you'd expect. Diego Mortensen solid, Leah do solid. Um, everyone else is doing a good job on the acting. Kristen Stewart, it was kind of like they took that quirky case stew thing and, and turned it up a notch. I really liked it. Someone, even the conversation afterwards, uh, because it was basically only film nerds who were there or people who like seeing this stuff. I don't know what, like, if if they can't get enough of it online. But there's a couple people talking (laughs) about how, like, they thought that Cronenberg did a really good job of Case, too, of taking that known problem of Kristen Stewart is awkward and she's the lip biting, she doesn't act, whatever, and, like, got a really good performance out of her Mm -hmm. playing a fangirl, awkward government bureaucrat type person who's uh, the way they did that character was really well done and as someone who's fully in on the um, the Princess Diana Kristen Stewart Oscar nomination like yeah I'm all about her career that was cool to see Um, at the end of it Viggo Mortensen's character embraces because they keep removing the organs and instead he is essentially embracing the people who are trying to eat synthetics and Mm -hmm. say that this is a part of evolution that the pain is rejecting this and trying to get rid of the organs and that i i I don't know what if it's saying you know embrace climate change or alienation and there's another interpretation where this is just a natural stage of of human evolution one Mm -hmm. of the the government bureaucrat characters is saying like they're having a question of like, do we still call these human beings? At some point, once you have a bunch of new organs in your body, it's functioning differently. Like at what point are you no longer humans as we have known humans? Um, and at one point, Kristen Stewart's character is talking to someone and she uses the word evolve, but she's realizing someone might hear her she's a government bureaucrat and they, they don't like this stuff. And so she goes, I, I almost said evolve because like, that's a dirty word because it's supposed to be known. This is a bad thing. And there's the group of people who are saying, no, this is good. We should embrace this. And at the end of the movie, the way I interpreted it is Vigo Mortensen's character embraces it. He eats some of the synthetics. His pain goes away. And I don't know like, it, what the message really is there. I don't know if I'm even interpreting that correctly. I cannot recommend this movie to anyone unless <laughs> after all of that, you're like, hell yeah, I want to see that with my eyeballs. Uh there's definitely a market for that. Like these, these kind of movies that if you could stomach men, you could probably stomach this movie. Um, overall again, really well-directed, really well-acted, interesting. I'm not sure on the writing, like there's some things I would do differently. Plot wise, it's not my genre either. Might be someone who like this is your, their bag. They really like body horror and you know, thinkers. Um, if if you're open for that, or just want to like see something weird, then definitely this was a very well done movie. I don't know now that I know it was like I'm not sure I would go see it again personally. I think um, I said it earlier. I think I gave it 3.5, or maybe I maybe even given it four, just because the crafts of it, the craft of it yeah. was so well executed on Cronenberg's part. But as far as like a movie watching experience, it wasn't that fun. It was it was. I'm sure you can tell. Based on the facial yeah. expressions I made, trying to describe it, it was pretty. Oh weird. yeah,
0: yeah. No. Are you going to go it, see
1: it now, Renee? No. <laughs>
0: no because like as you're talking like I'm, I'm i'm also showing clips from the trailer and i've only seen the trailer like once right and i'm like watching the trailer and as you're describing everything i'm just like i don't know if i really want to see this movie now um you know like i'm a little bit familiar with like his past stuff but more of his older stuff like the fly is like a sci-fi classic you know that's something that i remember watching at a very young age and really liking a lot but also found it a little like weird and disturbing because of Goldblum's transformation into that fly creature, right? Um, Scanners of course is another classic I remember watching at a young age. You know, you had Dead Ringers, which is another one. Um, But one of my favorite movies of his that i feel like not a lot of people talk about is history of violence like that is something that i really really enjoy and i thought vigo morrison's acting in that was like brilliant um and vigo seems to really like working with him too because it's you know we don't see vigo doing a lot of stuff anymore but it seems like anytime cronenberg comes up with something vigo is a part of it right so it is really interesting to see that transpire but it this definitely does sound like Your artsy art house, you know, kind of, you're going into it as if you go into a museum exhibit. You know, you're just like watching art, kind of, just you know, get displayed in front of you, and you, everyone's going to have their different interpretations from it. That's what it sounds like to me, right? And you know what what the true message is there, unless Cronenberg sits down and gives us like a, you know, forty five minute hour. You know, dissertation about his thought process and how he came about this movie. I don't think we'll ever know, right? Really, for sure. Um, But it, it, I probably may eventually see it but it's now it's not something i'm like okay now i have to rush out this weekend and go to the movie theater and catch it now you know like this is something that once it's available on a streaming platform which i'm sure it will be um then i'm definitely gonna be curious and and watch it then but uh very interesting And, and again cronenberg doesn't really do a lot of movies um these days either so it's interesting to see him come up with something but still stick to his uh you know his his uh usual tropes and body horror stylings that he is very very fond of um so no thank you for for sharing those thoughts there it's it's really really interesting to hear about it and uh i'm curious I and mean, i think we're both curious as to what you all think like is this yeah. with with hearing about all that it, is that some is this something that you're dying to go out and see uh i like blake said i'm pretty positive that this movie is definitely not for everybody uh, unless you are a movie geek like we are uh, or if you are you know your art house person that loves watching all different types of indie types of movies or anything like that this sounds like it's right up your alley I'm not surprised something like this did well at Cannes like when it when it premiered like you know but it's it's you know it's that type of movie that uh, the artiste will definitely appreciate. Um, And it sounds like that's really what it's made for, uh, to be honest. But it's also nice to hear that the acting and the performances were really top notch because those are three great, actors right there you know like i love vigo's line of work leah sadu is really becoming someone on her own like really like standing out and of course like you said kristen stewart i like you i do love where she is right now in her career like she's doing a lot of great stuff i'm on the same camp as you are with her performance as princess diana like i thought that was that whole movie itself was brilliant and it was because of her acting like i thought it was like she did a really great job and all that so really really curious to hear what you guys uh, and gals think there but that's pretty much the end of the episode so thank you so much for tuning in and watching and again if you're new to all this and you're stuck around we appreciate it don't forget hit that like subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter Follow us on um, podcasts, platforms of your choice, and all that. And, and most importantly, follow Blake. Where the, can they find you, Blake?
1: Uh, on Letterboxd, the screen name is Blake Wolf, S-S-N, B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F-S-S-N, like Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Um, I just re-upped my pro membership uh nice. my birthday was recently and so i just uh gave myself that little gift as a re-up from last year's uh so definitely uh check check it out there see the scores i give all the movies i see
0: nice how's your follower count like has it like gone up
1: i i've been watching less movies lately like the oh, fact okay. these are the two most recent movies i've seen so i actually haven't checked it uh but I've been—we'll—we'll we'll talk at some point off air, but I've been in fully in Stranger Things, winning time. Barry, I've oh. been in binge TV mode, in uh, catching I... up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, there's just so much freaking content out right now. It's it's yes. insane. We may maybe do a, an episode about that because there is a lot of stuff to talk about. You got Stranger Things, Barry, Obi Wan, Miss Marvel. You know, the boys. All this stuff that you can just watch right oh, now. So, the boys. yes. Oh so much stuff so but again thank you so much um if you want to like i said follow um the channel on twitter um instagram what have you you have all the the tag names there all the the screen names and everything like that but thank you once again for watching uh stay cool stay fast stay safe blake thank you again we'll catch you next week all right y'all peace